Mike, turn your games down. Hi, I'm familiar spooky comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Coberton, and who's living a brief life with me tonight? Uh, hey, it's everybody's uh, favorite Ken Sanity, forever mindful of his own mortality. And Chris Dobson, I don't tell you how to, what you do, do it, you know? <laughs> and we are here to, we bring you two comic Sandman episodes this, this October. Two. Uh, but we are here to cover Sandman Brief Lives, the, the volume seven of the seven. Sandman run. And part of the main story. Well, I mean, in my, okay, in my opinion, everything's been part of the main story, but this is actually involves Morpheus for a change. Yeah, this and, is actual main story. Like, yeah, the last one we did, what was that? Uh, Fables and Reflections. Yes, was kind of it was scattered. It was a short story collection from you know later issues, previous issues, all thrown together into one book. This is a continuous story from beginning to end. Uh, issues forty-one through forty-nine. And I was a little shocked when I saw that issue 50 was something we already read. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was from the Fables and, Recollect- Fables and Recollection one. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I feel like when, when Neil Gaiman like had his story bottle or whatever, 50 was supposed to be the last issue of this run. But oh. it ended up being 49. Because it's, you know, it's a major moment, the last issue. Yeah. So would have made more sense if that was 50. But it's fine. Hey, I get it. When you Sometimes when you're planning, you... Like sometimes you you cover a game called thirteen, you do it for episode one hundred and twelve, and then you do something, or you do it for episode one hundred and fourteen, do something else for one hundred and thirteen. It happens. <laughs> you just don't plan right. <sighs> so, <laughs> not speaking from personal experience, no, not at all. No. So I, have, I as obviously I've never read this book before. I just have been. I am completely in the Sandman train. No thanks to you guys. You two have really got me turned on to these books. It's one of literature's great works of art. Honestly, it really is. You know it. I was really off put by these books at first and I just I wasn't interested and I can't believe how much I am into these now. Yeah, so, like, it really, you know, the books started being so much and I know I talked about it back when we did, you know, years ago. It started up being so much Swamp Thing influenced and now it's like barely, you know, touching any of that stuff anymore. Now it is the book, the story he wants to tell. Oh, there's no DC stuff anywhere in here anymore. Yeah, and even the like, you know, the spooky horror stuff that was in the first two volumes that was, again, very much, you know, they Dr. Destiny and all of the Swamp Thing adjacent stuff. All of that is gone. Like, it's barely there's a little bit of spooks. You know, there's some some scary things, but it's like this is just a fun, like, road trip story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there's some sh- some shit that kind of got me a bit. So, yeah, I it mean, is always also- fun because, I mean, Dream can always turn it on whenever. You know, when uh, uh, one of his dream, you know, citizens is like, yeah, well, I'd fix dream right up. <laughs> he's like, oh, really? What would you do? <laughs> all powerful in- being. Yeah, immediately intimidates him into shutting up. So what, I was very confused. Like, this is a book. I, I had to read it twice because the first, I knew I missed stuff from the first time I read it. So I, I read I read the physical copy and I read it digital just because I found out that I prefer digital when I'm laying down in bed, even though having the actual book in your hands is so much nicer but i did both for this whole series and it's like it because i knew stuff didn't click like in the way the first issue starts off you have some old guy climbing up a hill it should have clicked where he was at it did not click until i saw the head i had no idea okay when i saw johanna's grave in the second page it started to kind of click but i was still a little confused so it it didn't really make a lot of sense to me and i'm like oh, okay now i get it the whole idea that this family is this, this family that's protecting God, what the hell's his name morpheus's Morpheus. son 
Orpheus. Orpheus. Yep. I should be able to remember that. But like, you know, this is the people that keep him guarded. They keep mentioning how they lost him 30 years ago, or, you know, for the 30 years at the one point, which is in the other book. Right. And I, I thought it's cool to see Johanna Constantine's grave, though. I do like that. I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah, that she's, I guess, a hero of this temple because she saved the head, which did is she, still still alive. Did she ever have her own run or books about that character? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was just John. Oh, okay. Yeah, she may have appeared in a few other issues, but she's never, I don't think she's ever had like an ongoing or anything like a Jonah Hex style set in the past book, which would be cool. It would be. I also like how you can tell what year this is. Like, then it goes to present day with you have two, you have a homeless person hiding under a corner at begging for money. And like, you could kind of tell what year it's supposed to be just based on the way they talk. I like that. The way they draw everything. I'm assuming it's supposed to be modern day. So what? This would be the 80s, right? Or this is the 90s? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, in, we're in the 90s. There's, okay. uh, it, it's not included in the brief lives, but I think it was in one of these issues has the actual issue had a um, death teaches you uh, how AIDS works. So it's, oh. it's fully 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I, so I, I kind of, I was unsure about how I felt about Delirium when this first opened up and I see, okay, it's Delirium. I'm like, She's not a character that before this I had any concern of or cared about in any shape or form. Which, honestly, I think is good because this story really is Delirium's story. Yes. And, like, this is, like, you see her before this, but you don't really get to know her. And this, you really get to know all about Delirium. So much so that by the end of it, you know, Delirium emerges as one of my favorite endless. I can completely see why. Like, she's just great. She's just trying to hold it together. And you really, she has so much growth throughout this book, too. And you like, you really, they really get into her character so much in this. Oh, man. Growth yeah. is a big theme throughout this entire book. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Uh, like, yeah. I, and you also kind of get to see some of their powers, too. How they have Jedi mind tricks powers, essentially. <laughs> like, you see it very early, a, a, very, a much less vicious version when Delirium ends up wandering up to, like, a, a club and she, the guy's like, you can't go in here. And she's like, yes, I can. And he's like, oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting a, a, a BDSM club to be in here. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it's funny. This is on because I read this on uh, uh, a library copy, which I re- recommended in previous issues. But I also read some of them on DC uh, Universe's app. And it, it's it's all there. Like, you can just check it out. So make sure if you just hand your kids the iPad and be like, read some DC comics, make sure you're at least checking sometimes. <laughs> They're not reading the Sandman because there's a lot of adult themes here. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but the BDSM club is pretty tame as oh, far yeah. as clubs I mean, go. yeah, there's there's enough uh, content warnings in, the, in these eight issues or nine issues or whatever. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every time despair is on, you know, is uh, appears, you're like, okay, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, seven year olds should look at this. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a prude. Uh, I, I, one thing that really got my attention is when she ends up mistaking a woman that's there for her sister death. I did too, as the reader. Well, you're supposed to, because she's wearing the Ankh too. Like she's, she's made up like death. It was so painful. And so she's like, oh, good, you're here. And she's like, let's go back to your realm or whatever. And they're like, "Okay, well, let's let's buy a drink first and we'll see where it goes. Which is pretty great. And then afterwards, you know, Delirium is now set. You know, she wants her sister and starts freaking out. (laughs) To be fair. And then her sister showed up. (laughs) Wrong. Different sister. (laughs) 
Uh, Desire is always the wrong sibling. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is also when you see what, like, Desire essentially sends that woman off to, I mean, I'm assuming commit murder. It was going to happen eventually. Well, or, you know, a a dramatic suicide or something, you know. uh, Yeah. Terrible decision making based on falling madly in love with someone and then making bad decisions afterwards. Yeah, like, I don't think it's a murder. I don't think it's suicide. I think it's just going to be a very, very hot, very torrid affair that's going to end really badly. And both of the people involved are just going to, this is going to be their big hurt. I don't I don't think it's going to be murder or any bodily harm. I think this is going to emotionally destroy both of the people in this relationship, though. Yeah, which it's interesting because we see Desire do this first and then later we see Dream and Delirium also do this basically same thing of like, get out of my life and then here's how I'm going to curse you for like <laughs> inconveniencing me. I mean, that's because they're so damn powerful. They are just such powerful beings. And, and they're so flawed. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and yeah, this, like, they're, they're, they're not used to at least some of them aren't used to talking to people. No, no, they're not. Oh, goodness. But after the BDSM club, <laughs> club we go back to uh, Desire's monument to themselves, where they live. I love how they chain Desire all the time. Like, in some images, she's drawn, well, she, you know, they're drawn as a she. Some images, it's more masculine. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so really good. good. And it changes sometimes even on the same page. Yeah, I've seen it. Like I was, I've been paying a lot of attention to that too, and I, I just, I love how they do that with desire. Yeah, and it's that's absolutely what desire is. It's forever changing. It's you know knows neither you know man or woman. It just is there. And desire the endless is a really great personification of the concept of desire. Yeah, this is also I think the first time that we see despairs. Realm? I don't think we've seen Despair before. The Realm. No. No. I don't believe we have. I'm pretty sure we haven't. Okay. I, I need to. I'm going to reread this entire series <laughs> when we finish. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. I mean, one thing it got me, like, so, so then she travels to Despair's. Uh, Delirium does. Like, she just goes to, I guess she goes to the mirrors? Or no, does she use the hook to summon her, then goes there? Yeah, she uses the sigil to okay. gain access to the Realm. This this funny with despair because like oh yeah this guy you know his wife found out that you know had found a collection of porno and then they gotta just keep adding to it to make sure you know this guy's a piece of shit and I'm like oh yeah you you didn't stop <laughs> no you you, you, like, you would keep adding lines and like oh yeah we wanted to see this guy suffer so. yeah and he does like that's despair's whole thing and she loves it loves yeah, just, it just sort of catching people at the moment where they're just like done uh, that's kind of despair's thing. But this, you also have a small comment which meant nothing to me the first time I read this, where Delirium's like, you guys have rats, and this other person has this pet, and this person has this. I don't have anything. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I see where you're going. <laughs> you know, that's why I read it the second time. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, you kind of see Despair gets hurt, because Delirium asks Despair to come help her find their brother that's been missing, and she gets very upset and, like, I think stabs herself in the, it pulls out her eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starts self-harming. Yeah. Oh, and- this that is absolutely a despair thing to do. She did yeah. that uh, back in Doll's House also. Yeah, I need to reread Doll's too. Oh. Once I finish the whole thing, I'm, I'm reading the whole thing. Paper, just, yeah. <laughs> but, and then it, it takes you back to despair talking about the last time she saw destruction, their brother that's missing, was th- I think 300 years ago and it's during the plague. Mm-hmm. 
I had forgotten a key part of history that I forgot they killed all the cats and the dog because they thought they were spreading it. I think that's factual. I'm pretty sure it is. Which what led to it getting worse because they but because <laughs> they killed the things that were hunting the, the actual the actual stuff that was you know progressing the plague. And I think this is what only the second time we've seen destruction so far. Yes, the only yeah, time we, we saw him was the wedding. Yeah, we saw him in the flashback to Orpheus. And, you know, now we're getting him talking to despair, which is fitting because I don't think we really mentioned what the narrative thrust of this book is yet. We don't this really is, know. It's basically the search for destruction. Yeah, but you don't really know that. I mean, you have Delirium asked Desire to go. She asked Despair to go. But Delirium is such a character that's in Delirium. So you don't really take what she's saying as a real thing is happening. You're like, okay. You're just, as a reader, you're just going along, but you really don't understand what's happening at all. At least this reader didn't the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just baffled. I'm like, I don't understand. You know, so it, it, it kind of got me. And, and like, you know, you see how Despair talks about with Destruction. I think this is when Destruction says he wants to leave. Or maybe that's later. Yeah, when when he's talking to Dream. Uh, okay. Is this in this scene? I think it is. No, it's later when he talks to Dream. Okay. Way later. This is just him talking to her and yeah, how destruction might not be needed or something like that. And then he kissed her on the cheek and then he leaves. And I think that's, yeah, that's the last time she ever saw him. No, she saw him again, 30 years on. She mentioned. Yeah. That that was when destruction left. Okay. And then the last the... page is despair, all upset and desire is trying to talk to her and she's just ignoring her. And yeah. it's, I think the first time despair doesn't respond to desire. Oh, I didn't notice catch this the first time, but one of the in one of the panels in the mirror, you see despair's face. Yes, being kissed by the brother, so she's in despair. Yeah, ah. like re- reliving their own <laughs> despairing moment. That is that's good. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then that brings us to issue two, and I think that's one thing that's so interesting about Sandman is we read a whole first issue of this big story arc, and we don't even see Morpheus till the second issue. Which is supposedly, in quotation, the main character of Sandman, which I don't agree on exactly. But <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, it really is yeah, but... his story, but it's also the story of all the endless. Yeah, I mean, you feel like you don't even. I feel like you don't need Morpheus, though. I mean, this book is proven. Mm. I mean, I enjoy him and I like it when he's around, but the book still works when he's not around. The There's characters enough... work when he's not around because they're interesting enough on their own. Yeah, but. It's not like we, a Spider-Man comic where if all of a sudden they just killed off a random character like Miss Marvel in a Spider-Man comic, you'd be like, oh, what the? You wouldn't, you, 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 you if it happened to Sandman, you would accept it. If it happened to Spider-Man, you'd get confused and write angry letters on the internet. So. <laughs> That's a problem. Well, they would never do that. No. That's just crazy talk. Yeah. Why, why would you do something? But it's just like, you know, if you read a Spider-Man book, Spider-Man wasn't in the first issue of, of an arc, you'd be like, what the hell? Where's Spider-Man? Where this, I'm not asking where Morpheus is. I'm just happy to be reading. Right. It's. It's a true, oh, what's the word? Companion? Please edit out this long pause. Oh, the pause will be edited out as long as I'm not talking. <laughs> yes. It's a, I cannot remember the word. It'll come to you. Oh, my God. I am really upset by this. Are you having colored bubbles above your head right now with different letters and the fonts are changing sizes while you're thinking? Apparently. Also, every, every freaking Endless has different font when they talk. And I like it and I don't like it at the same time because it can be hard to read. Different fonts, different word bubbles, different colors filling the bubbles. But it really does make it easy to figure out who's talking. Yeah, it does do that. As long as they're not writing the cursive like they were in the last thing, I'm all good. Because I fucking hate cursive. (laughs) 
Like, if you ever go to ship something at a store and you write in cursive and you hand that letter to the guy at the counter and say, hey, send it to this location, he probably might not be able to read it. Don't do that. No reason I'm thinking that. But uh, but issue two, it opens up with, with Morpheus. I think it, yeah, this is when he talks about how he's, he's heartbroken and, and, then dream, and then it's raining in the dream realm. But they never say who she was in this. Nope, they do not say who she was in this. And I liked it because it, the same way, like, you're like, it's irrelevant. You don't need to know who this woman is that he fell in love with that left him. It doesn't matter to the story that we're telling you right now. Right now, yes. Um, you do find out eventually. Okay. And I and think it is you, very important. Okay. I There's also, there's a page way later that I don't think it's a flashback to something that, that we never saw. I'm going to ask you guys when we get there because I'm pretty sure that has more meaning than I than I could tell. But that's not near. One thing that hadn't like this, you also get reintroduced to that Faye that we haven't seen that we see off and on. That was from the really good Shakespeare ish random issue. Oh, Nuala. Midsummer. Nuala was from the the book where they were where Morpheus was getting people to you know figure out who's oh, going to take over. Oh, it was from Season Hell. of Miss. Yeah. Never mind. I'm confusing my my books. I think Nuala's her sister though. Okay. And then I think you guys had mentioned this before, but wasn't it the first arc or the second arc? We saw that jack-o'-lantern guy and now he's back again. Merv's just around. <laughs> but I like how he actually plays a part in this. Like he's he's actually doing things. I mean, he's you know, he doesn't, I mean, he's just there and it's just hilarious. He's like, oh, I'm just a guy working. Nobody respects me. It made me laugh. I just I like him. I like him a lot. And this idea that the rain just doesn't stop because the dream's upset. So they all just, you know, get rained on. That's a really cool thing, too. Uh, tell me you're super goth and extremely emotional in six panels. <laughs> and you'll have page two of this issue. And we get we get one of the Cain and Abel's. And is it just me? Or there's a, yeah, there's a skeleton in one of those panels, too. And you see, I'm assuming that's the other brother. I'm assuming that's what they were going for. Oh, it's just there for like a brief part. It's possible, but they're dealing with floods. And floods aren't great. <laughs> Uh, and then you you have the three guardians, which I I just can't get I I can't get over how important those three characters are and how much they show up throughout Sandman in different arcs, just randomly. They're always there: the Griffin, the horse, or Pegasus, and the dragon. And in this, they're holding Delirium. And this is when you first see Delirium that had wandered into Dream's realm. And there's a little small scene where she kisses the dragon, and his eyes change. They go from normal eyes to all like squeaky lines. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I have a question for you guys. When they both sit down, they order food. Were those chocolate people like sentient? (laughs) It definitely seems like they were. Yeah. I don't think they were initially, but I think Delirium's touch kind of brought them back to life. Okay, because she asked for she wants chocolate people or chocolate, you know, things with raspberry filling and she's eating them. And then they like some of the lines there. I'm like, wait, are they alive? So it was very, uh, it was very weird. Like the line touched by her fingers, the two surviving chocolate people copiously, desperately losing themselves in a melting frenzy of lust, spending the last of their brief borrowed lives in a spasm of raspberry cream and fear. Just like humanity. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. That kind of got me. Uh, it was and also one thing, small thing, but like, had this been a, a different, a regular DC book, I feel like they would have put is the people who are serving them being some DC characters of some sort, like minor, minor characters, just something where here, just too random in the way it looks like he belongs in the 1930s cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is when delirium, yeah, delirium Morpheus. Then there, do they go to desire's realm or no? They're just talking about, she's talking about how she wants to go find destruction and wants his help. 
Yeah, they're they're in yeah. the gallery. Okay. Yeah, Dream Dream goes to Desire specifically to be like, did you basically like launch my sister and me? Like, is this your fault? And Desire is like, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, this is not my deal. Uh, doesn't he blame Desire too for his love going away? Like, he thinks that's something to do with with Desire. If I remember correctly, around this point, he doesn't blame her, but Desire defends themselves really staunchly right away. Uh, by saying neither Delirium's new new obsession nor your little heartbreak are of my doing. So she's just, they're waiting for it. They're okay. waiting for the blame and trying to head it off early. Well, they know what their brother is like, so. Dramatic bitch. <laughs> yes, completely. Oh, and like the thing with the one thing about Delirium is her hair keeps changing. Not as much yet, but I noticed that like you can kind of tell like, you also see an image that meant nothing to me the first time I read this when you see a younger delirium, but she's not delirium yet. She's still delight. So I thought I thought that was cool because it didn't click when I saw it, even though like they, they make it obvious it didn't click. Yeah. And the whole delight to delirium thing is so sad. Did they lose a sibling? Did someone die like early on one of the endless or something? There's some comments like they had like they had to change jobs at one point. Yeah, they they say like how despair becoming despair from being a twin of uh, desire was like really hard on her. So they imply that she's not the first despair. Okay. Yeah, it was just a little. It had me confused. That's what I was wondering. Okay. Uh, Brings us to issue three. I think issue three opens up really well with just a bunch of text talking about how there's people that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. I like this idea. Yeah, the truly old. But they're still mortal. Yeah. Well, remember Hobgadling? Hobgadling? I can't say that name. Like, he didn't die. And all because he said he didn't want to. So (laughs) there's probably other people. It's probably not the first time it's happened. It's just such a cool idea to me. Because I like to believe that there could be people out there that have just been around for, you know, thousands of years that just changed identities. I did like Highlander a lot, by the way, too, in the 90s. So. <laughs> There's that. Oh, you like Sean Connery playing a Spaniard, did you? <sighs> I, I like the show better with Adrian Paul, sir. I actually met Adrian Paul while wearing a McLeod shirt. So Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. It was McLeod's antique store. It was like some fan-made shirt, and I was wearing it when I met him and got a picture with him. Real nice guy, by the way. I believe that. <laughs> but that's what I kept thinking of when they, they talked about this. And they and I was just so confused. Like, this didn't... There were parts in here that didn't make sense to me to my second reading because it I didn't have the pieces of the puzzle. Like, you all of a sudden have this random lawyer just gets killed by a brick wall. This also confused me. But you're not supposed... I mean, on the first reading, you're not supposed to know what that means. Yeah. It's just an old, an old guy who's like a thousand years old or whatever dies and um, is... He doesn't know... Because, you know, they seemingly some of the people that are thousands of years old are through their own power alive for that long. This guy is just like, eh, I'm just really long lived. I don't know. It just keeps not dying. <laughs> I, I do love it when the rock, the brick falls on me. He's like, I, di- I don't believe it. I did it again. I did it a freaking again. I'm not even hurt. And then death shows up and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. Oh, it was good. I do like as an attorney that they make him like the biggest loser attorney. Like he's he's got like pattern bald with a ponytail. Like <laughs> they really are like this guy. Yeesh. And that little wispy mustache and <laughs> thick frame glasses. Yeah. And and I know Death must have said this before. She's like, you got what everyone else gets. You get a lifetime. Yep. That was a big line in uh, The Sound of Her Wings. Yeah. Way okay, back in issue one. 
I think. Yeah. No, two. Which, I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, death isn't, you know, it's not saying, oh, he lived longer, so you did better. Like, he you know, kind of objectively, he didn't really do anything that much better than other people do. He just lived longer. Yeah. He, he got from beginning to end. Same as everybody else. Some people are short. Some people are long. But in the end, you always meet the cute little goth girl with the aunt. Yeah, I just I love how there's one panel where her the strap of her shirt is falling off and she's fixing it in the next panel. It doesn't need to be there, but that little touch I just thought was just damn cool. I don't know why. It's just really I'm like fucking death is so cool. Yeah, this I think the entire arc is done by Jill Thompson. I think she's yeah. the artist for at least ninety some percent of it. Which <laughs> I bring up because she's about to appear as a character more or less. Like if you look w- at what Jill Thompson looked like in nineteen ninety whatever, it's basically the character that's about to show up. Well, that's cool that she drew herself. Yeah, just a curly, redheaded, uh, like, gawky woman that shows up in the next scene and almost gets exploded, but doesn't. Yeah, they were about to kill her, weren't they? Because she wouldn't do what they wanted. She just gets, like, a sixth sense or whatever, and is just like, nope, <laughs> just gets out of there. Yeah, because Dream and, I mean, they'll do what they need to do. They don't give a shit. Right, well, we find, out, we find out why, I mean, why the lawyer died and why she almost dies much later. But yeah, we go back to Dream, I guess, before that happens. Because yeah, the next scene is them going to Pheromons, and then that's when they're trying to arrange travel. Is the secretary the one that looks like Jill? Or that's no, that no, no, no. Oh, okay, it's the scene coming up here. Okay, we, you'll, we'll get to it. Okay, yeah. we're all, yeah. It, I don't have much to say. Just they go to Pheromon, and then you have Delirium making frogs, which made me laugh. And then another guy who's like an endless. He's like, yeah, we ha- we had a drink in Babylon. <laughs> I liked that line a lot. See, he's not really an endless. He's just a god. Yeah, yeah he he was a god. Yeah. A minor god of transportation. Back when people prayed to gods about transportation. And I, this is I, really important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I looked it up and I couldn't tell who this was supposed to be. Like, like I, I am not going to do like a huge deep dive, but it seems like the sun god in a lot of uh, Babylonian religions was their uh, god of travelers. And I'm like, well, it can't be him. Sun gods are pretty important. <laughs> okay. So you're the lady in her apartment, you're saying that's the one that. Uh, Jill, yes. Jill Thompson. Yes, oh, yeah. that one looks very much like Jill Thompson. I mean, Jill Thompson. I I don't know if she dyes her hair. She's you know whatever, however old she is now. But when she was younger, she had curly red hair. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, when this ha- when I read this, like it's a very small scene where this woman is in her in her apartment having coffee, and then all of a sudden just leaps out the fucking window and survives, and the building blows up. And I was just very very confused. What was happening? I'm like. Because they, I don't think they reference this character ever again. This entire book, nope. <clears throat> only at go- the, yeah, only at the end when I think uh, Dream is like, oh yeah, this girl and this uh, this bear guy uh, are probably you know their guard is they realize they survived this thing that happened because they just show up to be like near death encounters and then no one ever talks to them. Yeah, and then she I also laughs that she goes to a Kmart. I'm like, well, you know, this was written in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kmart was still around not that long ago, but they're gone. <laughs> so you know, little things like that kind of cracked me up. This is another part that completely confused me. So all of a sudden we're introduced to some random guy drawing on an island or drawing somewhere by the sea with a talking dog. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Small like Ball from uh, the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I couldn't find confirmation, but I was like, this is an Elder Scrolls reference, right? The talking dog, because it's Barbus in the, the Elder Scrolls games and it's Barnabas here. I feel like that almost has to be a reference. Well, on Elder Scrolls part, I mean, this was long before even Arena. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Oblivion was the first time you talked to the dog because it's a dog statue in Oblivion. Yeah, and then for sure, I mean, in Skyrim, there's a whole talking dog, and it's a whole thing. So, but I think it's a reference because again, the dog is named Barbus, and everything I looked up, and I couldn't find confirmation, but I was like, that's pretty close. Yeah, and come on, the guy <laughs> with the talking dog and Molek Ball is the god of what war. Right. So, well, it's like, it's Clavicus Vile in at least one of them. So, oh yeah, Clav- so, who's Clav- like the god Clavicus of heals. Vile. And I yeah. should have yeah. ca- I should have caught it sooner when when this guy opens his random room in the back and you see a you see like a pool of water that's all upset. I did not catch what was on the wall. The Ankh, Dream's um, Mask, Desire's or Desire's he, Heart. Like he's got mm-hmm. he's got a summoning room like all the others. So yeah, this is your big click. clue that this is distraction. Did yeah. not somehow I, I I read the panel and I just kept going without the beard. I don't know if yeah. I like him as much without the beard. No, the yeah. beard. And the, and the whole thing is that, like, you, I mean, he's named Destruction. You think he's going to be, like, bad, but he's really not. Like, there's nothing. He's, I mean, the worst you can say about him is he's a pretty bad artist. <laughs> yeah, and he's not a great poet. <laughs> yeah, his, his the poem he does at the end, pretty terrible. So I, I was a little confused. The next, when you have Morpheus and Delirium on the plane, was that woman supposed to be somebody that because he dreams talks to a child about dreaming and the woman says she recognizes him. And I was wondering if that was supposed to mean anything to me. Well, she recognizes him from dreams. Yeah, like, OK, I mean, I got I, but I was wondering if it's like it's not a character we already met, is it? No, I don't think so. OK, I guess he just goes around in people's dreams. Yeah, like I would. <laughs> I, I do like how he talks to the girl, though, and tells her he's like, well, you, you wait when you always forget. <laughs> he just and she and the mother's like what's his name he doesn't have a name <laughs> i know that, that little touch because I, I, I like the idea of a kid seeing the supernatural because there's always that there's always that thing where kids can will, will notice things that adults don't and i get that as an as an adult 35 year old i'm like yeah i completely get how we grow up and we just accept how certain things are and if, if something weird happens we always find a way to catalog to make it make sense whether it's real or not that idea right possibly yeah. supernatural and I do like she she brings up like how come in dreams I know how to fly but in when I'm awake I don't remember and you're like yeah it just is that way sorry <laughs> <laughs> which is it's just cool to see dream not, just kind of being more like you really get to see how much dream had changed throughout the course of what we read so far on all the volumes like he's a different character than he was when he first gets captured compared to what he is now yeah more growth. <laughs> And you well, can yeah. tell, like, when he's talking to the child, he's got such a relaxed posture. Yeah. Just having a good time. And I do like how everything pays off. When when they meet the, the woman, Ruby, that's going to drive them over the country. And then William's like, can I drive? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. I also like that they don't know how to drive, which, again, makes sense. I do like that even, even though she doesn't know how to drive, like, she doesn't get in an accident, really. She just drives crazy. Yeah. Like she's able to like whether it's reality control or whatever, like just driving crazy is like okay, it's fine. <laughs> like she's got the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, I do like. So they go to one. Neil needs to check up because they're like, let's go to a motel when they're uh, with the the driver, and they're like, I'll order room service, and I was like, uh, sorry, is this a motel or is this like a fancy <laughs> hotel? Like, what are we talking about, Neil? Kind of a confusing moment of uh, British uh, people not quite knowing, like, you know, if you're at a hotel, yeah, you'll get a wake up call and room service. If you're at a motel, probably not. No, you won't. <laughs> motel, they don't even want to know your name. They're like, nope, <laughs> yeah. you just pay us the money and get the fuck out of here. We don't want to know nothing. You murder someone in the back. That, that's fine. Just don't, don't, we don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. I was like, room service? <laughs> what are you talking about? So, issue four opened up, and I had no fucking idea what was happening again, where you just have this random old guy talking and then pissing on clothes and eating his shadow and turning into a bear. And I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? Makes sense now. <laughs> it made no sense to me. Yeah, and again, it's it's the sort of warning signal of like, I'm not going to get uh, roped into this. <laughs> it's another old one. I, I did like when they go to the, the lawyer's house and he's dead and they're talking to the son. He's like, I found all this shit in the guy's, you know, in the guy's room. And he's like, what the hell? We got drugs and we got guns and gold. Oh, I, I, I like that. I, all I could think of was Highlander. That's all I could think of. Because <laughs> again, they did that in the show. I mean, they would have stuff hidden and everything because they live forever. So. I do think, and again, my my minor gripes with Neil Gaiman's writing, the fact that he's like, he's got some Picassos in here or whatever. Like, why? The fact that you're alive a long time doesn't mean you're like suddenly an art appreciator, you know? <laughs> like, you'd be much more likely to just have some guy's paintings from like 1850 than like the most valuable, you know, Spanish painter that, you know, and who becomes this huge name in the 20th century. Like, it would... Just being alive a long time doesn't suddenly make you an art appreciator. It would be much more likely if you just had some random painter who, who we'd never heard of. Like, yeah, I've got this weird portrait of Ben Franklin. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Like, when he got him, they probably were just some dude. Yeah, but like I said, it's it's the over-reliance of the, the immortal guy knowing famous people. Like, there's, uh, in, yeah. right before the lawyer dies, He's like, oh, yeah, I saw a movie about the Marquis de Sade on TV. And I remember the real Marquis de Sade was nothing like that. And it's just like, again, just living a long time doesn't necessarily mean you're going to meet everyone in history. Yeah, like, what if you live a good chunk of your life in South America? Yeah, like there's yeah. almost no one whose name you know who, uh, you know, other than what, like Vasco da Gama or whatever, who lived in South America for 10,000 years. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. That's that's my my nitpick about Neil Gaiman is he goes to that well a little too often of like, oh, yeah, this guy's old. He knows a famous thing from a long time ago. Well, that's fair. There's a lot of people things you just would have missed because you wouldn't have known. Right. Or it wouldn't have been important. It's you know, I and I I get it. You're writing for a comic book audience, you know, and also (laughs) Wikipedia doesn't exist. So you can't just like Google like what paintings went missing after World War Two and like instantly have a list and be like, uh, this one. (laughs) You know, like it's not it's not as easy as it is uh, then in 1992 as it is now. Yeah, because now you have the ability to look up everything. And that's just cool. I always like I mean, it's like it's something to kind of think about, though, because this was written in 1992, 93. So, yeah, we take yeah, for it's, it's before that. I do like the scene. So they go to the motel, uh, which we already talked about, the, uh, the inaccurate room service that <laughs> when when Ruby, the driver, is like, wait, you guys need your keys. And Marvy is like, whatever. <laughs> We could just probably phase through a door. And then Delirium like is like, I'll take the key, but I'll also like turn it into a key. <laughs> like she won't take it as a card. She's like, no, I will make it a key because you said it was a key. I will make it into a key that I know how it works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Delirium's cool. You really yeah, I'm going to blow bubbles that look cool. Yeah. It reminded Delirium- me of Spongebob. It's I don't know if I don't know Neil Gaiman's whole family history, but like she's such a little sister. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that she's always sort of needling dream and then is just like, take me seriously. I'm an adult. Like, don't treat me like a kid. And then like everything she's doing, you're just like, okay, like stop doing stop trying to get a reaction. And then you have like uh, two pages of of just talking about Ruby and who she is and how she likes money. And then 
you just she dies shortly after all this. I was very confused. Like, why do we even like we do all this just so we feel bad when we get to the end of the book and she's burning to death? Oh. I mean, that's the easy answer. But I don't know. I feel like it's not just so that we feel bad that she died or that, you know, Dream is suffering. I think it's to kind of put, you know, more emphasis on the sacrifices that are being made, not okay. just by the Endless, but by humanity when the Endless decide to meddle in the waking world. That makes sense. Okay, I'll take it. Good, because I didn't have <laughs> anything else. And you have a yeah. small scene of Delirium entering someone else's brain, essentially, and talking to Ishtar, which you have no idea who it is yet, through another woman named Tiffany or something. Yes. I mean, Ishtar, again, I didn't know who the Babylonian travel guide guy was. When Ishtar showed up, I was like, okay, I know exactly who this is. Wait, was Ishtar in the... Fuck, what book was that? The one with Barbie? No. Ishtar is just a myth- mythological, you know, she's a, oh, okay. uh, she's kind of a, a combination of Aphrodite and Athena, uh, from okay. the Middle East from predating Greek mythology. So <clears throat> an ancient, okay. you know, Sumerian Babylonian style, uh, goddess of love, but also war. I am not well read enough. I'm planning. <laughs> <laughs> None of these raw went over my head. But they didn't change the name on that one. So I was like, I know who this is. And again, if you just Wikipedia, you know, Ishtar, that's what if you uh, disambiguate, uh, you're not talking about the 1989 movie, <laughs> which great. does get br- brought up in the next issue. <laughs> my solution was just bring it, talk about it on a podcast. The people that will probably know what I'm talking know what I meant, what my what my question is. That's my solution. <laughs> so. yeah, and then you delirium. Yeah, talks to Tiffany, uh, who's having a uh, drug uh, freak out. I guess talks to Ishtar through Tiffany. Yeah. And then, yeah, we go to Dream's flashback. I thought this was interesting because you see Carithian in the waking world again when it shows Morpheus. I'm assuming it's supposed to be the 1700s based on their outfits. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the same. This is the English plague year. 1660, oh. whatever. OK. Um, because they mention Isaac Newton and some other stuff that sort of this is right after the stuff with uh, despair. Right. Mm-hmm. OK, that's cool. I mean, I didn't understand what was like happening. Like, did he? The guy, oh, the guy pickpocketed him. And that's why that random guy has the ruby at one point. Yeah. Which, oh, okay, I did not catch that. And again, it's the same thing that Desire did to uh, the random BDSM person of like, you're going to fall madly in love and have this terrible romance. And then Dream is just like, yeah, your life is going to be a waking nightmare until you're relieved that you're executed as a thief. <laughs> which is like, oh, okay, thanks, dude. Well, I guess don't steal from Goss. That's the story. <laughs> and Destruction is not pleased with it. No, because he's just fucking with a random guy for no reason. Yeah, he's just like, you didn't have to do that. Like, this guy was going to die anyway. Well, I, I did appreciate having the Corinthian takes eyes out. of the, They see this orangutan, and then he just cuts the eyes. <laughs> eats the eyes. Yeah. I do like yeah, that the scientist is like, what happened to the monkey's eyes? And he's like, I don't know. What eyes? <laughs> no <idea. laughs> we were gone when I got here. I was yeah, just was... surprised to see the Corinthian again because, I mean, he played a big part in Dollhouse, but we haven't seen anything of him since then. And Yeah, and it also shows just how different Dream is in this at this point where he's just like, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to give the Corinthian some air. Like, he is full, like, you know, what a human would consider sociopathic, where he just does not care. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, whatever, the Corinthian's going to do what he's going to do. I'm going to cause some nightmares while I'm here. It does not matter to me. He hasn't because... been humbled yet. Yeah. And mortals are sold beneath him. Yeah, he doesn't even, yeah, he doesn't have a friend who's a human. He's just like, yeah, this is, I'm just wasting my time. I guess he's he already has met uh, Hop Gadling, but he's not on friendly terms with him yet. Uh, so he's just like, yeah, humans, stupid. 
I'll mess with them however I want. Which <laughs> Destruction is obviously not in that boat. He's like, you know what's going on? And he's like, no, I don't. He's like, they've figured out reason and logic. And like, basically, they've, you know, their mathematics is going to create like super weapons. And he's like, so who cares? <laughs> I mean, basically, this is the dawn of destruction, realizing people don't need him anymore. They're going to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. That yeah. they're on a path where he is either going to have to like, you know, either, you know, do something or not do something, I guess, when people are like, hey, I want to completely wipe out these people. You know, <laughs> which is a bad situation, I guess, to be in if you don't want that responsibility. So the reason we have the nuclear bombs because destruction left. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. Yeah. That, exactly. if, that if he wanted to, he could have been like, no, this doesn't work. And just basically like <laughs> push the button. And he could have been like one of those guys in Oppen- Oppenheimer and just been like, uh, no, your math's wrong. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just completely shut it down. Which, you know, it's the Futurama, uh, you know, when Bender becomes God, it's just like, you know, the idea, the best uh, course is to make to use a light touch. So no one even knows you did anything at all. Yeah, it's like if you, you know, if you feed the uh, rabbit to the fox and the rabbit is like the gods have forsaken us. But if you don't feed the fox, then the fox is like the gods have forsaken. So you're in a really catch 22 situation where you're like, OK, what am I supposed to do here as the god of destruction? And I do like that idea. <laughs> the rabbit. Like, I, I just I don't know. It amuses me. I, I, I was also amused how like Morphe's just standing in the fire and nothing affects him because he's an endless and he just walks out. And they're like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was remembering stuff. <laughs> like, <that was laughs> yeah. So cool, and and then when he tells Delirium that Ruby's dead, she's like, "Oh, oh, wow!" And he's like, "Get to drive!" And I'm like, <laughs> "That is okay." <laughs> like that made me chuckle. Yeah. As dark as that was, I'm like, "All right." I, 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 Delirium really grew on me. Yeah, she's uh, she's like I said, she's definitely a little sister. Where you're like, "Okay, I can't stay mad at you." <laughs> and then that brings us to issue of oh, chapter five of the story, where you just have. Again, more random characters. I mean, you kind of were introduced to Tiffany and Ishtar last issue. Very little, very little. But you see Ishtar coming to wake up Tiffany. And I assume she did drugs the night before or something. Or I'm not sure. That's kind of what I got. I, when mean, she I mean, she's she's doing drugs like in the scene <laughs> again. Uh, oh, she kids, is. Yeah. Kids or parents. Make sure your kids aren't reading a uh, salmon. Yeah. She's just doing co- lines of cocaine. <laughs> when? I did not catch that. Yeah, she's got a mirror. Uh, let's see. Oh, maybe that's the that's the, not this scene. That's the second scene she's in <laughs> where she's like, oh, I'm fine. And and you see her like, uh, oh, yeah, she's doing coke. I did not catch that. Yeah, she's got like her nail against the mirror. And then you have her. She's like snorting. Yeah, it's like it's very clear what's happening as she an adult. The inside of her lip. Yeah. Oh, funny thing. I was we were watching Succession. And they were doing coke. And my wife like, why did they touch their inside of lip? I'm like, and I actually pretty sure I knew the answer. It had to do like what your veins are closer or there's more stuff there to make you get high also or something. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I don't do drugs, but I watch tons. Well, I do. I eat edibles, but I watch tons of documentaries about drugs and stuff like that. Cause I'm just so fascinated by stuff like that. Cocaine absorbs in the mouth faster and the hit is more intense. Okay. That's what quick. I thought, but I did not catch it in this book when I was reading that that's what she was doing. Like, it's not obvious if you don't know what you're apparently I read this thing twice. Yeah. Neither time went over my head until Chris pointed out. I'm like, oh, yeah. When I so. was in a uh, freshman in college, I definitely didn't realize what she was doing when I read this the first time. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like it's very clear on on a reread. Like, yeah, especially because, yeah, the first time she's there, Ishtar's like, let me make you breakfast. You were kind of a mess last night. And she's like, oh, I feel so sick. 
and then gives her food and she immediately just barfs it like down her face and she's like okay you're not ready for food yet i'm ready for coke though apparently <laughs> well, yeah that's when she's back up this is when she's down <laughs> i mean that that does fit for my end isn't coke the one that if you could like you won't sleep for like days or that meth or both? yes i mean they're both uppers but yeah i mean she's recovering from whatever hangover or drug thing she had last night in the morning and then afterwards after she, she takes a shower and does some coke she's like oh i'm so happy <laughs> but you yeah have- anyway one of the worst things happened to a person, in my opinion, this entire book, when the cop pulls over delirium and he's being an asshole because, you know, she could kill people, which again, I, I and then she just like, you're, you know, she's like, I don't like the way you talk to me. You're going to have invisible insects all over you now for all your life. Yeah, I, I mean, he he is too aggressive. He has his gun out because she was driving for too long while he had his, his lights on. I'm yeah, like, dude, I mean, that's what you calm do. Down. Oh, uh, sidetrack. But since Ken's from Milwaukee also. I heard in Canada, Milwaukee, some guy stole a cupcake and was running away, and then the, the security guard solution was shoot him instead of, you know. Yeah, sounds about right. Run after him, and now he's going to prison, probably. It's just That's like... real Wisconsin move there. The point of the gun is not to... I'm too... I don't want to run. I'll just shoot you. I don't have to run after you then. Like, no, you just... You just you, there's other ways. <laughs> and that's why we say a cab so i mean that's just you are right like why is he you don't need to pull the gun out like you just walk up through the gun out like you don't need to do that yeah he's immediately at like 11 so yeah she's just like you're rude and yeah it's like i'm gonna ruin your life forever uh you're gonna be unable to function in society because of your uh mass hallucination of insects that's just fucking terrible yep and once again another endless destroys a human being yep yeah, his life is over. Yeah, just mm-hmm. just casually, like not even with a second thought, not until the very end of the story are we like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that confused me too. Like, oh, whatever happened to that guy? Like, whose whose world was just ended? Like, that's the kind of person. Like, yeah, just just just. I think it's time for him to go. Like, his life is over. I'd be like, put me out of my misery. The interesting thing is, though, that you have Dream now asking, was that entirely necessary? Yeah, He does the same shit to people, but I guess yeah. he's changed. So, yeah, so 200, 300 years ago, he was doing that left and right, and now he's like, you don't need to do that. And this is when he goes back, he goes to the Dream to call Matthew, to have Matthew, because Matthew could drive as a human. Kind of. Oh, well. <laughs> I do like, he's like, I did die in a drunk <laughs> drunk driving accident. Like, should I really be telling someone else how to drive? <laughs> I did like that. I I love Matthew in this issue. He's such good comic relief. Oh yeah, it's so funny. Again, as someone who's read Swamp Thing, like like Bethany or yeah, it's uh, what's her name? Uh, Cables. Uh, is it Bethany? I I think that's right. Uh, her husband, no, Abigail. Her husband's such a piece of shit, and then dies. And so it's so funny that Matthew's like, oh, he's a he's a cool guy. <laughs> I do want to read Swamp Thing though one day yeah he's he's not really a character like he's more of a character in this in swamp thing he's basically just like a shitty husband who then dies and gets possessed by not to spoil who gets possessed by but he gets his body gets possessed by somebody okay and he, they, he's like oh hey babe i got a great new job and uh, i don't worry about the details or why i'm being so weird <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah again the first two arcs of uh uh sandman really borrowed from swamp things like horror because the reveal of what that is and what that meant uh, i don't want to spoil it because it's really good and it's also just like one of the few times a comic made me want to take a shower like a me <laughs> it's really really gross but okay. anyway, I need uh, but yeah, Ma- Matthew in Swamp Thing, just a fun guy who wants to go to a strip club. 
<laughs> I did like that. Oh, this yeah, this one I think they say they're going to the the strip club, and like Matthew's like, "You're gonna kill us all." <laughs> oh, and, and it kind of cuts back and forth of them of Delirium doesn't know how to drive, and then Ishtar and Tiffany and some other random girl at the strip club. And I do like how they're talking about like the old days when people when they were at these temples, and Ishtar's like, "Yeah," and just start telling them what happened because she was there. Yeah, it's just convenient, yeah, that one of the, uh, like, people there is a graduate student in women's studies, so knows all about Ishtar, and she's like, yep, that's right, uh-huh, uh-huh. All, it's not as far-fetched as you'd think, though. No, I mean, yeah, the <laughs> fact that you're a grad student could have uh, student loans to pay off, yeah, believable. Yeah, I know a couple grad students who are actually dancers, so. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked the way that when they go to the strip club and then the guy won't let them in and they're like, yeah, we're humans. <laughs> we're <laughs> three men. Wearing, wearing normal clothes for this establishment. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and they, there's one panel of Dream where he has a red eye when he's doing that to the person. I don't know. I thought that was interesting because he never has a red eye otherwise. They just drew a red eye at one part. Yeah, he's got like uh, yeah, the like cable lightning eye at a, a later point. <laughs> It's a little bit Terminator in here because he has a red eye again. Another scene when he's talking to Ishtar for the first time. Yeah, Ishtar thinks she's in trouble. I guess she sees two endless show up and is like, "What does this mean?" I she's mean, like, oh fuck! I think that's a pretty good reaction. Like, oh god, there are these things that are older than time. I'm the fuck out of here. Yeah, and she knows who they are. So yeah, and I guess new uh, Orpheus at some point uh, previously. Where he's like, you always thought I wasn't good enough for your son. And he's like, I still don't. <laughs> uh, trying to think. There's some good stuff. Oh, and then earlier there's more foreshadowing where you have Tiffany telling Ishtar, like, why don't you dance the way I know you can dance? She's like, oh, they're, they're not here for that. <laughs> and yeah. she's like breaking out that like, you know, belly dancing, you know, like skills or whatever. And they're like, yeah, they don't really care about that. They're mostly just here for, you know, whatever. Pour some sugar on me, whatever. <laughs> Early '90s strip club songs that people are listening to. Oh, that's she's, like, she's like, they're here for legs and other parts. I'm like, they're not here for dances. So I was a little confused. So Tiffany runs out the door. The, they both leave after they talk to her. And is it because of the trap that she then goes on stage and starts doing the dance from back then? No. I mean, it's seemingly influenced by that because destruction says it's his fault. But yeah, she just is like, fine, I'm just gonna dance. Yeah, like I, I think she's just tired. Because, I, like, some of the lines in here, like, especially yeah. when Ishtar is saying, you know, I know how gods begin, Roger. We start as dreams. We walk out of dreams into the land. We're worshipped, loved, and take power to ourselves. And one day there's no one left to worship us. Like, that's very much a, at least seems to me, dude, I'm just fucking tired. Yeah. Yes, that's fair. I mean, if you live for that long, I mean, <laughs> more Highlander comments. But like, you know, that whole like the song for Highlander, who wants to live forever? Like that idea that you never age and people that you love are just going to die and things that, you know, are going to completely change. You just after a while, you're like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm done. Let's go. Right. And the way I mean, the way that God's work is kind of similar to the Marvel and DC version, where it's like they get their power, at least in part, on belief. So if people don't worship you anymore. Like, she's getting this, like, very low dose of worship from, like, you know, loyal cadre <laughs> of perverts. But she's not getting, like, random, you know, prayers from people in, you know, wherever. Being like, Ishtar, I need help with my love life. You know, so <laughs> she she doesn't have the power and the ability to change things she used to have. So, yeah, she just feels, like, powerless and, and getting old. 
I, I do like they have a couple like essentially all the people there died and they have a couple lines that they want you to know that they're not like they're dying. Like it's like Jay Musgrave feels the blood burst from his ears. There is pain. True. But he scarcely notices it. <laughs> and it just gets weirder, weird, uh, you know, deeper. Like and Chef Case, who hasn't had an erection in a dozen years, is ejaculating violently again and again and again. And now he's coming blood and he doesn't care. It's like, OK, book. All right. Yeah. They are, I mean, no one is unhappy, I guess, that this is how they go out. It's, <laughs> it's mean, a choice. Yeah, this is just, this is pure unbridled sexuality and, you know, worshipful sexuality at that. Like, this is the kind of dancing that you die for or that you would want to die for if you saw. Yeah. It's, and then the place blows up. Did she blow up the place then? Yes. Yep. Okay. Her, her like power or whatever. I guess the power of her dying uh, does that. I guess. I was also very confused in the ne- the last part of this book, which again plays off in the end, where Tiffany runs off and then Desire gives Tiffany a jacket mm-hmm. and then yes. she disappears. Yeah, this is like good endless Desire. Like we've seen Desire be such a piece of shit the entire rest of the story, but this time Desire is like trying to reach out to despair is telling dream like this is not my thing and yeah and then is helping tiffany like when she is almost killed like giving her some clothes so this is this is good endless desire all of a sudden where they're changing too and i was again confused when issue six starts off and you just have that random guy on the island with his talking dog i'm like who the fuck is this guy still so you still didn't know who this was. No, That's it did funny. not. Because I missed the panel somehow when it showed the room. It didn't click. I had no idea who this guy was. I'm like, why do they keep showing this guy? But surely you had to know at the end of like page two or three where he's talking to Barnabas and saying, oh, you've never met my family. I It didn't click. Oh, it didn't. Cl- yeah, no, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Ken. I got nothing. It's fair. <laughs> I mean, I also read these while I was trying not to pass out. So there was that, too, because I read at night before I go to bed. But yeah, I don't know. I just didn't catch it. And this is where you have Morpheus kind of be well, not kind of be an asshole. Where he just tells Delirium, yeah, we're done looking. Because the whole reason why he was even looking was just to, you know, keep himself busy because he's upset about the, his lost love who left him and. I mean, I know part of it's because people are dying and he's like, yeah, there's something going on here. We should stop looking. But it really upsets delirium. I mean, that's really what makes him want to keep looking is like somebody stopping me. Maybe I do want to do this. But <laughs> I yeah, guess he, he feels bad for Ruby dying, too. And Ishtar yeah. dying, maybe. Yeah, he's that's part of what makes him go back is he's like something is getting in our way, which makes me think that I should do this. It's just, you know, that's an endless logic for you, I guess. That I thought yeah. this was just going to be be like a relaxing vacation but uh people keep dying so i want to keep going i do like how he he goes back to the dream and you see him talking to fairmont and then you have a, a thing that confused me a little bit that i wanted to talk to you guys about when he starts talking to bast i didn't completely understand like i i, I sort of got the hint that bass is, is an actual like living creature in the real world that is like a humanoid cat person no it's another god yeah okay an that's Egyptian still alive god. in current time well, yeah, I mean, they, again, if you kind of go by the DC or Marvel version of like worship keeps you alive, Bast yeah. still has enough like Wiccan, you know, people pray to her because she's the cat goddess mm-hmm. uh, that she still has some power. And this is the second time we've seen Bast. Yeah, she was in the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the... Oh, uh, the cat story? Hell auction. Yeah, the auction for the keys to hell. 
Oh, I didn't. Okay, I did not. Damn it! I need. I'm reading this damn series. Here we're done. Okay, I didn't catch that. I, I didn't remember that. But I, I was just kind of confused because like I see she's in a dream and she's in reality and there's like the small part where she's like somebody wishes for their cat to you know to save their cat and she kills the cat because it was gonna die anyway and I'm assuming that's supposed to be the girl that you then see later that has a new cat at the end of the story. From the it girl could the be. I mean, it's that's all you I know. Took the second time. It's it's hard to know for sure. I mean that it happens. Yes. I, again, stuff that amused me when you get to the part where the the jack o' lantern guy is, you know, fix they're they're cutting off the wing and they're putting books around because Dream doesn't want the wing where the other the his lover was to exist, and the guy gets caught talking shit about him. Oh, As always, yeah, I really like that. He's like, oh, I'll just go over here. What really gets me is the look on Dream's face. He looks amused. Yeah, like he doesn't look mad. He's got like it, a smirk. He, he he can't be like one of the guys he takes his responsibilities too seriously, but he's not being a jerk about it at this point. He's just like people are afraid or, you know, dreams are afraid of me. And I think it's cool, I guess, that some people are still afraid of me. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's a fair way to take it. And I love seeing Dream and Lucian in the same picture. It always gives me joy. I really like Lucian. He's really grown on me as we've been reading these reading these. I really come to appreciate the character. And then you get death again. And then this this whole thing is where Lucian brings him to the gallery, brings Morpheus to the gallery, and that Delirium's portrait is all blacked out because she's upset. And this is when he, I think he calls, yeah, he calls death, and death is all like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> it's your piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such good, like, well-observed family drama. Of, like, mm-hmm. what did you do? And he's like, I didn't do anything. I was helping. And yeah, it's just like, okay, well then why is Delirium? Why did she to like delete her Facebook or whatever? <laughs> I mean, that is fair. That is a fair way to put it. I mean, it's kind of the equivalent of what it is. It really she's still is. reachable. You just can't get her. You have to actually go to her. Yes. <laughs> I, I installed I just, all their social media where now you have to like go to their house. Uh, just I, I never get tired of death. And as uh, people were listening to the last episode, when we talked about it. I did buy that death Funko Pop. It is right to the left of me on a shelf now. Yep, I, he absolutely did. I've seen pictures. <laughs> I, I really like death, man. I can't get over how cool she is in this. And there's a small thing when 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 she's trying when she convincing Morpheus to go talk to Delirium. And she kisses him and you just have a little red heart drawn on the panel. Like, I just really like death. And also seeing Morpheus go into Delirium's realm and the way they draw it i thought it's really cool mm-hmm. or everything he, he like the first page he looks like you cut magazines out and just drew him on top of magazine cuttings that's really cool yeah it's very much a photo collage and like i don't know that's how i would imagine that delirium's environment looks like it looks yeah. absolutely Insane. here and there and just there's no structure which is delirium uh, and I, I like what Delirium says to him. She's like, I couldn't make you so you can never leave here. You just go mad. And I thought that was powerful. Like she has the power to, you know, trap him, too. She's like, you're not even wearing your helm. I, I, I don't know. I got it. I was like, that is that's. And also Delirium cut her hair, which I, I like how much she changes throughout this because she's distressed. So she cut her hair. That's absolutely something that we can see continuing into modern day. Because yeah. I always make a sacrifice to the hair gods when it's I'm losing my mind, and I'm not kidding. I don't. I cut my hair. I usually I used to cut my. I'd shave my head. What I would do, but that was just because I don't like hair on my head. But 
There's such a, and again, the character I don't think exists or maybe existed just in the cartoon. There's such a like Harley Quinn energy, especially when her head is shaved and she's okay. like, here we come, like where she's actually excited to do something. Because uh, it just it does remind me of that that sort of distracted energy that like the Harley Quinn cartoon is so good at sort of capturing of like Harley Quinn wants to do something and then like 30 seconds later forgets what her plan was. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I was I was feeling very much Tank Girl vibes, which oh, yeah. is essentially the same thing. Yeah, I can't speak to that. Very similar okay. design. Mm-hmm. And then this brings us to issue or chapter seven of this. Still confused. We have the random. I was still confused. We have the random artist. That's now cooking with a talking dog, and he gives the dog chocolate. And I'm like, you can't give a dog chocolate. <laughs> I mean, I have many times, not by choice, but it's just, when I forget about it, and all of a sudden, like, oh, there you went. It's gone now. So that just it made me laugh. It's a talking it. dog. I'm sure it's magic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure assuming this dog true. isn't exactly. A, I'm assuming this dog was a human or something. I guess it. Went, I don't know. There's more to this dog powers. than a dog. I, the dog is right though. A terrible sculpture. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, that is a terrible sculpture. <laughs> I, well, I I really like the dog smartass. He's it's great. Yeah, I do like distractions. Like I'd like to see you do better. And he's like, well, first I don't have thumbs. <laughs> and second, dogs have too much respect <laughs> to, to embarrass themselves like this. I'm like, yeah, dogs known for their their calm poise and not making fools of themselves. I do like the part when he tells the dog to leave. And oh yeah, this is where he says, uh, a culinary artist and a genius inspiration and a dog free kitchen so he's like so you'll settle for one out of the three huh as he walks out the kitchen i don't know made me laugh too <laughs> yeah i i love his like silly walk too as he's laughing walking away like that's such a well-observed like i don't know whose photo reference but that's that's a dog like trotting like that's yeah. not a run it's like haha but this you know brings up an interesting point because you know this is destruction and destruction is trying to create art but those two typically don't go hand in hand so he's not good at it. Yeah, he mentions earlier, he's like, yeah, I don't I don't dream. That would be giving too much information away. So he has no, like, dream inspiration at all. He's just not great. He's <laughs> trying, though. Oh, he's trying. We find out later he actually is a pretty good cook. So the actual act of, like, breaking things down into their, like, base components and transforming them. He can do that. Yep. It's just the, like, artistic side of it he can't do. He has no art. Yeah. Artsy talent. And then you see when you see Delirium and Morpheus again, Delirium has more hair again now, but it's still short, but it's orange now instead of blonde as it was in the last panels, the last issue. And sometimes I would say that's an accident where the artist has screwed up in some of the books I read, but this felt, you know, this is purposeful. Yeah, it it's always changing. Yeah. I, I really like the whole thing where she's like, you know, we need to go talk to Destiny because I don't know what to do because people on my list, we already saw her in my list and. They have to go find a labyrinth. So they go to a mirror maze and start walking through a, well, I guess maybe not a mirror, but a maze at a amusement park to get to their labyrinth. I really like that idea. And I like how it just slowly becomes the way to destiny's garden. Like with every turn, just a little bit more changes. Yeah. Yeah, That's one of those things that comics can, can show you uh, so much. I mean, movies can do it too, I guess, but it's easy in comics. Also, with each you know panel being something different, you can really show the differences and, and make it work. I feel better in here than you could have in an. In, I guess you could do it in a movie, but I feel like a comic would, it just it made it look much more cleaner and clearer. Yeah, and like I said, it's doable. I mean, Guillermo del Toro's done stuff like this, but it's just like it's easy in a comic because you you understand what's happening, the change that's happening is it's slowly becoming this other thing. But the scene when they get to the garden and they see Delirium as delight. You know, her in her past self, that I thought was really touching. 
like see what she you know how she wasn't delirium she was delight and she you know wasn't she wasn't confused that was a really right. cool little moment it's simple but very i thought it was a very cool moment and it's cool to see destiny again because we haven't had destiny since well i guess we had him in the, in the wedding but we also had him in season of mist where i think he first played a part in but where he won't tell them what to do but then he tells morpheus what morpheus doesn't he's like i'm gonna tell you what you don't you know not what you what you need to, what you need to hear not what you want to hear when he tells them about that yeah you, she didn't love you and she's not coming back <laughs> that's cold mm-hmm. yeah and it but, did not click when he's like well there's an oracle in the family you could talk to and he's like no which, which is like what Bast said too. So yeah. this is the second person that's like, well, you do. And he's like, oracles can't give us, can't help the family. And he's like, well, you do have an oracle in your family. He's like, yeah, not doing, like what other solutions do you have? <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and you have delirium. Her eyes are the same color for the first time. I guess she's able to like focus and becoming her past self is how I, I guess I was taking it. More, I I always thought she was just kind of like, like reclaiming herself from the madness that took her over. Okay. Do they ever say why she went mad? Well, I mean, they kind of broach it right here when, you know, she asked why, asked Destiny why she stopped being Delight and then goes on to explain it. Someone did not read very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like, yeah, when Dream sort of has a little bit of a breakdown and uh, delirium has to be like has to stand up to destiny and then like try to help dream and be like look this is really hard for me to like be put together yeah, <laughs> so that, can that you cool. can you like please get back to normal so i can be the funny weird one again and then like when destiny's looking at his book and it's just showing you panels like it shows you when the whole family was together in the 1700s it looks like and or would have been 1600s when destruction leaves so after that there's three panels in this page. The first one is Dream. I'm from just from reading this when Dream got captured. Uh, then it's Death. I'm ass- with a with a man, and I'm assuming this is supposed to be like ancient China, ancient Chinese, ancient China. Mm-hmm. The third panel with Corinthian standing over a broken throne. I'm assuming this is something that has yet to come. Yeah, how about that, huh? Okay, Don't worry, I wasn't about wrong. It. I'm like. Because <laughs> he even says the pages turn and gusts and turn first one way, then another. There is blood on the throne of the Dream King. The Corinthian stands behind it, trembling, red, wet tears dribbling from his mouth. The Dream King looks up slowly and speaks to him. He is dressed entirely in white, and Destiny reaches for the book. His lean fingers calm the ner- the nervous pages and find his place once more. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, remember that thing you saw? No, you didn't. <laughs> But it's just like, I was just like, okay, I'm getting more foreshadowing, but not even foreshadowing. I mean, I'm assuming, again, I don't know anything. I want to put that out there right now. I have not read anything. I have not, I have not had Sandman ever spoiled for me, surprisingly. But I'm assuming because the name of the 10th book is The Wake, that this has something to do with that. But that's, I'm not going to, I don't want any comment. I just want to speak my thought for those listening. Like, that brings up a good question, though. Can this really be spoiled? I don't know. I, f- uh, I mean, I guess in a sense, yeah, you could read on Wikipedia what happens. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it doesn't mean as much without going on no. the journey. No, no like, some stuff is just like that. Like, Kingdom Hearts, for example. Somebody spoils something in Kingdom Hearts, and it may, and, and then the guy's like, oh, spoilers. I'm like, it means that sentence meant absolutely nothing to me. Oh, I played and, for the game. Ansem's clone really wasn't the architect of <laughs> Organization 13? Oh, no. You're telling me that Ansem wasn't actually Ansem, but this is Ansem, and this guy just was someone who worked for Ansem? It looks like Ansem? What the f- Yeah, <laughs> yeah same exactly. idea. It just None doesn't make sense. What does that mean? <laughs> meant anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, example, 
uh, you have two people that one's a ghost and one is a zombie version of the same person who fall in love and turn out they're the same person. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. It does to some people out there, Rocky Marks. Ah. I hate when that happens. Uh, <laughs> so after so, yeah. you have this weird, you know, random panel, it means nothing. Uh, and you have Delirium, who now has more hair and is now wearing white instead of her, which are like her black bra and panties and like fishnet. She now has a white dress on and a white jacket. And they show up on an island, which is the Oracle Island, or where his son is. Because you recognize the people holding guns and the old guy. I do like how you, you again, small panel of her putting cherries on Johanna Constantine's grave. And de- Oh, yeah, Delirium wants to see, I think, wants to see Orpheus one last time, but he won't let her. Yeah. Oh, that's later. Never mind, that's later. Yeah, that's, that's that scene, because, yeah, she waits by the grave of Johanna. Okay, I thought she sees him one last time. Or that before he kills him. That's later. Okay. I like how, yeah, he picks a flower and puts a flower at, at Johanna's grave. That was cool. And then what is the island where destruction... Yeah, the island where destruction is, like, right next to this island, yeah. huh? It's just, like, a neighboring island. Yeah, they just get on a boat <laughs> and go, like, five minutes to his island. By the way, this is when it finally clicked for me who destruction was. <laughs> <laughs> when they show up at the island and the dog, and I'm like, wait a second. Ah, just, I'm like, man, it finally clicked. It should have well, clicked a while ago. I'm glad it got there eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, like two two thirds of the way through the next issue, as he's talking the dream, you're like, "Who's this guy?" They're so close. Are they roommates? <laughs> I was just so confused. It finally made sense. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think it was in my own delirium. I've been drinking a lot this week while I was reading this, so I might have something with it. But the question made stress. dinner. Yeah, he made a big spread too. He like I, I it was foreshadowed uh, when he was cooking earlier that he wasn't just cooking for him and the dog. But he's cooking for like ten people. It's just, like it looks good. <laughs> it does, and I like dreams. Like I have no, I have no interest in mortal food. Like you at least eat it, and not be an asshole. Like I've seen you eat, right? You ordered an omelet from that other guy when, uh, yeah, Delirium ordered the chocolate people who had sex. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't mortal food, but like he, I feel like he's eating at some point. Well, he's eating mortal food in a dream, though. <laughs> That's the uh, same. Good point. And could at least be polite, but I guess it's just dream being an asshole. He's like, I, you know, I'm yeah. just here to find you and make you come and have you come back. Like, I'm not here to to eat your food. Yeah, yeah. it is. You know, uh, we're constantly like, at least I am reading this. We're constantly hoping that like dream is going to like make good choices and not immediately be like, you know, how dare you and, and sort of be like haughty. But it is like when Barnabas that is there, it is immediately like, uh oh, is dream going to be a huge asshole about this? This talking doc. Because he tells the dog to leave, or, or then he tells the dog you can stay, but you don't speak a word of anything you hear. Yeah, he like magically shuts him up and makes him unable to speak at the dinner table. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, because he tries to say something and can't. That's why the panel is there with nothing. With a, mm-hmm. like, like the Walmart sign. Okay. <laughs> the Walmart sign. That's I what it looks like. like. <laughs> <laughs> looks like that little symbol. Colonel's not really long at home while you're driving your car. So Okay. And then you... When you see Delirium kind of go from her red hair back to her colored hair, back to being bald, like just the way she changes and she can actually do it at will now. I, I, I like that a lot. And she goes right back to the red hair where she wants to be. But just man, her 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 word bubbles with the way they did it in the different colors and the way that the text gets bigger and smaller. It's it actually worked for me. I was surprised. That, like, it, I really like it. I love the way Delirium talks. Yeah, I, I, I think when I first read this, I found it annoying. Um, it's fine now. I've mu- There's uh, much worse, you know, if you have like cursive, we've talked about previously, mm-hmm. cursive text boxes, much harder <laughs> than just the colored text boxes that Delirium has. 
It wasn't too bad. It, I do I, when he then he feeds the dog the meatballs. They won't eat the food. He's like, here you go. At least somebody will enjoy. Them. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. But yeah, so yeah, destruction is like, look, I'm not going back. Uh, I am not. You know, he is fully like decided he's not going to do this. Humans can do what they want. It's up to them. I have no decision making power uh, or authority. I'm just staying out of it. Yeah, because and then he just. I mean, they went all this way to talk to him and try to convince him to come back, and then you just. You just see him like you have a flashback of him talking to death when it looks like she's in the 80s for some reason. I don't know why, but it does. But it's definitely not the 80s. <laughs> and then you you have him. He goes to where his room was, where he had all the sigils. I think he he leaves everything, but he takes his sword, which is his sigil, and he takes the whirlpool and just I like how he just puts he just put he shrinks them down, puts them in a in like a little hobo look, bandana thing that you would think of on a stick and then just walks off. I, I was really amused by that. I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, it's, I, I do like that. Cartoon. Yeah, I do like that he's literally, you know, like uh, Poochie floating away. Like he's just panel, panel, panel as he's just like disappearing because he's he's leaving this like dimension, basically. What confused me is he t- he leaves the dog with Delirium, which I thought was cool because Delirium said she wanted a pet. And the dog can go to Delirium's realm, but can't go to where he's going. Delirium's realm isn't exactly a normal place either. I think he's going. It always seemed to me like he's going somewhere so alien that like nobody would be able to follow him. And okay. I don't know, maybe maybe he's just going because he wants to get away from everyone and everything. And maybe maybe he survives, maybe he doesn't. Well, the only thing is that he as he points out, if he just killed himself or or let himself die, it a new destruction would would be named and he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, Cuz there's so no he, point to it. Yeah, he would rather just be like MIA than, you know, uh, have whatever decides who the endless are. Be like, okay, new endless destruction number two. Man, who does decide the endless? (laughs) I take it that question wasn't rhetorical, was it? I have a strange feeling, but we'll get there eventually, maybe. And then the last bubble that you see, last text bubble of this issue is where Morpheus tells Lyrium, I got to go back and see my son. I have to kill my son. I was like, wait a second. I mean, as far as decisions go, having to kill the sentient, decapitated head of your son, it's up there. It's its pretty rough time. And it I don't think I caught this the first time, but the first page of, of chapter nine, the last chapter of the story, where you see a woman and two kids is Orpheus dreaming of what could have been. Mm-hmm. And I did not catch that the first time I read that. I don't think, even though it says it, I, I don't remember realizing it. I'm like, wait a second. And then he wakes up and. Okay, this is when Delirium shows up and walks in there and says hi, then he has her leave. So what, I know we read it in a previous arc, but wasn't one of the previous arcs Desire was trying to get Morpheus to spill family blood? Yep. Which arc was that? That was, was that his doll's house? I think it was doll's house. Okay. I think so, because that's, that's the book that started the entire Desire versus Dream like kind of, you know, I'll get you my brother and your little library too. But like it was never overt. It was always very much underhanded behind Dreams Back. Yeah, setting up the whole uh a bunch of things in motion with the whatever they were called, uh the anomaly or whatever who was a hundred years old and all the other craziness of that arc. Okay. It's been you feel like it's been two years since I read that arc or three years. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird. Or four years even. I it's been a long time. But 
when he when he goes in there and then he takes more he takes Orpheus's head and like I guess he kills him like well, I mean I know he kills him but like the way yeah. they do it all of a sudden his hand just turns red full of blood and and then both his arms are blood or covered in blood and just the way that he looks when you see that panel of him standing there he just looks like a zombie mm-hmm. I, I mean, the whole thing with Orpheus that he didn't want to you know he, death just wasn't going to come get him so he could never die but he's just a head now so I mean that's not a very good way to live I guess it's just to be a floating head that never dies for years and years and years but it, it's just so there's an effect to killing them right like there's something that's going to happen to him because he did this I'm assuming oh yeah okay. yes it's not a victim. It's not a. It's not something you could do and not and walk away unscathed from when you're the person that does it. I'm assuming. Yeah, you're not supposed to do this. This is <laughs> okay. bad. And then you have despair shows up and is and is kind of upset too that she didn't go with him because she didn't get to see her brother one last time. Yep. And then good on Delirium for getting one dig in and be like, "Yeah, you said so. You didn't <laughs> care. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye." <laughs> not wrong. And then. Despair is talking to Desire, which and then Desire looks more male in this one. But also, like, it almost changes throughout panels. I was going to say, which panel? Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple that look very male and a couple that, yeah, a little bit. Of, it, it's, so I was also confused by this. When Dream is going to his realm, it talks about something that he destroyed years ago, like some that he built like out of horns. And then he's telling the the Sigils, the, the Griffin and thing, he won't see them again, it sounded like. Or he acting like he might not see them again. He's telling him, I value, I value all most highly. And they ask, is he all right? And yeah. He says something to the fairy. Like, I was just very confused what's going on. Because it, it just ends with him washing his hands. And then he just sits on his chair, sad. Well, he's, yeah. you know, he's I mean, in his fun. feelings right now. I mean, he did just murder his child. Yeah. So, you know, he's emotional. And he wants to not be as big of a shithead as he has been in the past. <laughs> Like, he tells Nuala that she can keep the necklace on because the necklace was a gift from the person who we still don't know who had the affair with Morpheus. And she was warned to hide the necklace, don't wear it around him. And in the end, he's like, I've, I've seen the necklace, right? Well, wear it. Cool. <laughs> like, he's, he's trying not to be such a shithead because this is why Orpheus died, because they couldn't talk, because yeah. they wouldn't. Right. And it's instead of the sort of, you know, Robert Smith uh, just feeling sorry for himself raining all the time, like he's deeply sad, but it's not like it's in the same way of just like, oh, I got broken up with again. This (laughs) is he's literally like reliving conversations he had with his son of like, I wish I had said this to him. Maybe things would have turned out differently. Yeah, that, that is powerful. Yeah, this is him dropping the Robert Smith and going full Trent Reznor. <laughs> and you have, I think it's just yeah, a couple pages where it kind of shows what happened to wrapping up things. The old woman from the from the first issue, yeah, first issue drinking at a cemetery where her son died, which was talked about in that little part. You had the little girl who met on the plane with a new cat because her other cat got hit by a car. Which yeah, again, so that must must have been best. Yeah. You have the son, the lawyer, burning all the things, but he kept a couple of passports, <laughs> a couple of blank passports. You never know. You need to leave. That makes perfect sense. The the cop strapped down to a gurney in an insane asylum. Ugh, God. I I, yeah, like I like that. It's just fucking awful. And Tiffany's on Oprah, essentially, talking about <laughs> her life of sin and things. <laughs> Basically how an angel helped her not die. 
And then you have Desire in an eyeball. I'm assuming the eyeball of the statue of Desire. Mm-hmm. And then Desire has a little rose or the cherry petal, which I, I guess is associated with Orpheus. Well, it's, it's the uh, flower that Delirium picked when Delirium went, um, and, and or not Delirium, when Despair visited Delirium and uh, Dream. Uh, okay. She picked that flower and gives it to Desire. So it's, you know, it's Desire just got everything she ever wanted, or everything they ever wanted, and they're not happy about it. No, in you fact, know. they're scared. Because like, of the effect of Morpheus killing an endless? Yeah, like what... Like this is what they wanted, but it there's they're in no man's land now. They have no idea what's going to happen. Man, you know, volume eight is not that far away from me. By the way, <laughs> I'm looking at eight, nine, ten, and eleven <sighs> next to that ugly yellow book with a W on it that I don't want to read ever again. But you don't need to worry about that. And then the the very last page is the old the the people that were on the island because they were told earlier Dream had talked them in a dream and said you you know bury my son's head and you don't have to do this anymore, right? And the old guy even says, like, just he will never see the cherry blossoms grow again. And I and I don't know if it's because, like, he was only staying alive because of the singing. And that's what kept him alive. Or I wasn't sure. Like, you know, his life had no meaning. Or sometimes people just know when they're going to die. Yeah, that is fair. I have seen that in my line of work. So, OK. Yeah. Like, they just know that it's yeah. time. And maybe not having a purpose anymore. Like, you know, he's had for how many years that he handed down. Maybe this is him taking his rest. Okay. And just starting and ending the story with Andros on this island, I like that. Same. I really do, too. And again, Dream uh, takes the time. We've seen so many times the Endless have been so casually like cruel to humans. Dream like comes to uh, him in a dream and is like, hey, like, good job. Like, I'm glad you took care of my son. You don't need to do that anymore, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, once you bury the head, it's done. <laughs> okay, and that's, that's Brief Life's. <laughs> this is an emotional book, man. It, it was. I normally don't. I don't read Sandman's twice because they're just they're heavy books compared to other stuff that I read, like Turtles, <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I, I, I had to read this twice. I finished it and I immediately wanted to read it again. I took this book with me places and just sat and read in a car while I waited for things like for my wife. Like I just this it was so engrossing. It's just. Mm. You guys definitely have me on the Sandman train, by the way, completely at this point. Well, good, because now with um, Morpheus's killing of his son, it's endgame time, baby. So we should go to Shelf Stacker Box, because I do have a couple comments I want to make afterwards. But Ken, why don't you go first? Uh, This one I'm definitely going to put on the shelf. It's oh, I have I have so many thoughts and I don't want to clog up this area. But yes, the shelf and Chris. Yeah, this is definitely a shelf. Uh, this is, like I said, the the endless are so much better to find now, and you really you care about these characters in a way that I, I don't think if someone if I just handed someone volume seven and was like start here, I don't know if you would immediately care about all of this. You wouldn't. But because we've been on this, you know, uh, ride with these characters together, we're like, oh wow, like I'm shocked how much I care about. Like desire, who's only been like a huge pain in the ass to dream uh, that they're they are, uh, you know, a person that they are and, you know, a person in the sense of they are a complicated uh, character. They're not just a antagonist who's like, I'm going to make you feel things, loser. <laughs> they're not a 
you know, mean girl high school villain uh, that they're like a they have real thoughts and feelings and are some sometimes they surprise themselves even about not reacting to things the way they thought they would. Okay. And I'll go last. I'm going to put this in the shelf also. I just really enjoyed this book and we're three away from the end of the series. And yeah, normally how it took us a fucking year to get around to this. I can guarantee you want to wait that long for to hear the end of our Sandman takes. I can guarantee it. Because I, I need to finish the series now. So, so good going to shelf. And, oh God, I'm glad you guys took me down this road. Because I read the first issue, I the first trade, I wasn't into it. I read Dollhouse, I was, I was getting there. And then the show came out. And then I, yeah, it just kept going. And now I'm, I'm, I'm fully in. Now you're hooked. Yes. And I was doing a little bit of nosing about the next one is another, uh, at World's End is the next trade. Which is another, like, short, one, uh, short stories, one issue type things again. Mm-hmm. I didn't read any farther than that. I don't want to know anything. Other than don't. That. I'm not. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I just was curious what the name of it was. And then it said, this is just like three and six where it's just like, I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. That's all my curiosity needed to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we'll be reading this. Oh, but the, 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 the stuff after 10, like 11, like dream hunters, whatever the over, I think overture is one of the names, right? Mm-hmm. Is that stuff also written by guy, Neil Gaiman, but it was just later. I don't think dream. Dream Hunters is? I think Overture is. Okay. Eh, I mean, we still got a, 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 way, a ways to go, but I was yeah. just curious. Because the way it does it, like the regular books are all in black in the trades, and then 11, 12, and 13, 14, or however it is, are all in pink. Yeah, pink. there's Endless Nights, too. Endless Nights was written by Gaiman. Okay. And then, yeah, because I, I definitely, I think I want to cover everything that's written by Gaiman, or all the all that stuff. And then Dream Hunters is by Gaiman. Okay, yeah, we'll read all that, because I, I have to. And Overture, but Overture's a prequel. Oh, okay. All right, we will be covering those. <laughs> <laughs> and was it eight or is nine the one that you guys said is, like, straight-up horror? Uh, that would be nine. Okay. Yeah. I remember our last That's... conversation, you mentioned that one is, like, straight. And I, I'm not going to wait till I, I don't plan to wait till Spooktober to cover it's nine. the kindly ones, right? Yeah. I don't think I can wait a year at this point. <laughs> yeah, the kindly ones is just straight-up upsetting. Oh, fucking A. So good. <laughs> All right. And Chris, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on uh, my various podcasts. Uh, some of my friends read comics. We just recently talked about uh, the Nightwing uh, series uh, from 2021, I think, um, with uh, the uh, art team that had just done Suicide Squad, Tom Taylor. I think that's right. And I can't remember the artist's name, uh, which is a lot of fun. And then we're... By the well, I'm sure we'll already have done a bunch of episodes by the time this comes out, but we'll have also yes, done a Fantastic Four uh, Walt Simonson story that's coming up soon. And my other podcast is Your Stupid Minds. By the time this comes out, we will have covered uh, Cade the Tortured Crossing, the Neil Breen's fifth or sixth film, uh-huh. which uh, it's every Neil Breen film is a masterpiece. Uh, so we're excited uh, to talk about the uh, the best bad movie uh, art- artist there is. Uh, this this movie is I I don't even I couldn't describe it to you now it would take too long uh, the movie is it has to be seen to be believed okay all right and if you enjoyed this episode there are over 500 other episodes of the podcast you can find everything on Podbean if you and you, right on the on the right on the homepage and just search and there are we've done all the other Sandman up to this point so just search Sandman you can find our whole catalog reading up this i'm assuming if you listen to this are you already are caught up because otherwise you've been dropped into the middle of, no, of a place you might be very confused 
But if you haven't, go listen to them. If you just randomly found us. Uh, we do movies, comics, TV shows, all sorts of random shit that people convince me to talk about. So you will go find it on there. Also, if you're into the horror stuff, spoke Midsummer's already out at this point that you're hearing this, where I was convinced to watch something that I wanted to and then regretted the decision. But go listen to that. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube if you want to support the show. We do have a Patreon, a little doggy vote in our Patreon polls. We have one every month. This month will be a, some kind of horror poll, so definitely go vote in that. And we do have a Discord, just link in the show notes. Please join our Discord and chat with us. And want to give a shout out my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hats Free. You can follow her on TikTok. And give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, Jared's home podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out also. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. So long.